A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello Egg Chasers, it's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously here in the Rugby Dungeon for a second episode of the weekend. This one, you will be delighted to, to learn, is, is, is just about all the great rugby that's going on on the field, because there is plenty of that. Uh, I'm Tim in the Rugby Dungeon with JB. Hello Tim. Uh, with Phil from his middle class haven in Centre Parks. Hello Tim, hello JB. Um, so have you actually managed to catch any rugby phil whilst you're playing badminton and cycling <laughs> with a big smile on your big grin on your face um so, like an idyllic, so... idyllic family picture <laughs> well most of my time is spent trying to stop my two children from killing each other um so there's there's been no badminton and no cycling um but i have watched some rugby i watched well, well uh, let me start off from friday night uh I was on the road. I was driving up here um, from seven to about nine on Friday night. So I managed to catch the first half on five live sports extra of the Leicester um, Ospreys game, which um, it included. uh, I listened to about half a match, half an hour of pre-match, which included one of the commentators describing Harry Simmons try against Claremont where he did Ali Veretti Raka inside and out as literally score, uh, sorry, literally did him in a phone box. Um, wow. Excellent. Which, which either, either um, it shouldn't have been given because they were off the pitch or there is some serious, serious questions to be answered um, from a health and safety perspective <laughs> of what was going on. <laughs> so I, I listened. It was quite funny. If you, the BT Sport commentary of the Claremont game last week, I forgot to mention it last week, but Austin Healy actually said the kind of the same thing, except he said post box instead of phone box. In the post box. <laughs> he's, done, he's done two guys in a, po- in a post box there, which sounds like a, <laughs> sounds like a niche um, subcategory, doesn't it? Just on, on an adult site. <laughs> so, so I managed to watch. I managed to watch that. I then caught. Um, I managed to time Hannah's nap um, incredibly, and I had Hannah asleep on me for two hours uh, on my chest while I watched um, Harlequin versus Sharks um, yesterday afternoon, which was fantastic. And then, of course, I saw the the Beardmore Lagen Ball, 
yesterday evening. And then oh, I've, I've watched um, highlights of just about everything else. Yeah. Plus, I saw the end of Saracens uh, Edinburgh. So I've, I've seen enough. I think we should start on Friday night. And then what, I'll tell you what, we'll start on Friday night and then we'll jump to what the, the rugby game that JB did see lots of. Uh, yeah, I, I, by the way, I've been completely out of the fold in rugby. I've watched one and a half games, maybe. Uh, is, is that because of the backdrop of everything going on? Honestly, I just can't be motivated to watch it. Just can't see the point. But yeah, basically. So I've watched one and a half games and I'll pitch in as when I have a Did thought. you watch Leicester Ospreys? No. Oh, mate, well, you would have... That would have rekindled. I'll tell you what, that was exactly the tonic. That, that Friday night was what I needed. I was at, I was at Welford Road on a European night, and that in itself is a special place to be. But that, after a... Knowing that's about to be taken away from you, so that would be difficult. Well, uh, you you (laughs) couldn't help but watch all the games this weekend and just in your mind go, penalty, penalty, pen, that's a pen, that's a pen, that's a pen, that's another pen. Um, But it's exactly what I needed. After a day of obsessing and thinking and being frustrated about all of the things around the game, to have that match was just the tonic and it was an absolutely awesome Tell you what, 92 minutes um, Osprey's taking down Tigers at Welford Road is bloody amazing after 10 minutes of injury time with the last play of the game uh, yeah I mean they are I don't know what's going on there why this European campaign has been so great for them but it's it's one of the I think it's one of the biggest European stories maybe of the last maybe of the last 10 years because they are so unfancied, they've got such a small it, team. It does depend what they do next. No, they don't have a small. They've, they've got they're stacked with internationals. They've got Welsh well, internationals all over the place. When they sh- I mean, it's not the Galacticos of the past when they had all those big stars. And, and they are very Phil's favorite yeah. top Phil's favorite Tommy Bow. But um, they are a very very thin squad. Very yeah, it might be thin. thin, but they've got an extremely good squad with internationals everywhere. Yeah, I wonder if this will mean that they effectively just don't really concentrate too much on. Top uh, Rainbow Cup, uh, just called URC, um, because well, this is a, the you know, this is a great opportunity for them to progress. I, mean, I don't think they're going to go that much further, but they you know, when that first first team is out, they can certainly do some damage. So what do they, they've got? Uh, they go to Saracens, don't they? They could do Saracens. Yeah, they could do Saracens. Absolutely, from what I saw today, they could do Saracens. Mm. It was it was awesome and. Um, there's a thing at the minute. So I was at two games this weekend, and two, the two man of the matches were number eights, who I stood and l- looked at eye level with Gregory Aldrich, and I and I looked down slightly on Jack Morgan. Jack Morgan's not a huge man. He's not a hu- no. Uh, the way he plays, you you think he must be massive. He's not massive. It's 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 actually like when I stood next to him, going, "How do you play the way you play?" Well, he's not. He's not. Yeah. He's a bit squatter, isn't he, than say Sam Simmons? A bit more power. I guess he's on like an he even smaller visa. Yeah, he's yeah. He plays very similarly to Jasper Visa. Um, more diminutive. Not, mm. not. I mean, he's not small, but he's he's smaller than I think. He's smaller than Sam Simmons. He's, he's like one of the smallest number eights I've seen in some time. And he's he, man. He plays. He big heart, and he he can. The boy can play. Excellent, excellent. It was ace. Good story with Owen Williams as well, who's come in. Yeah, uh, he's come in. He, he wasn't very good at Worcester. He was actually good when he was at. No, Leicester. he was good at Worcester. No, he wasn't. He was good at Worcester. He, he was, was just too injured. He was good when he was at Leicester. He went to Gloucester and was injured all the time. It didn't work out. Went to Worcester and he didn't injured. He, no, when the, when he was playing, he was all right. No, nah, I'm not I'm not having that. Finn Smith was starting, wasn't he? No, he was. 
He was, he was kicking nah. goals. He was doing all right. Nah. So do you remember they had like a game against... Anyway, he's great now. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he's, he's a good player. He's a good player. He's been... He just had a hard road back from injury. Didn't he do his Achilles? Yeah, it was a bad injury. Yeah, like it was, it was a really, really poor one. Um, yeah, do you know what? There's a really good game against Gloucester when it was him versus Hastings, basically, just smash, smashing over points from every, every which way. I think Gloucester <laughs> might have even won that. It was great to see. Leicester will be disappointed. I think they thought they turned a corner, and they, when they were in Claremont last last week, last weekend, or last Friday night, and and got the win after two record defeats in the Premiership. That that will sting that one because yeah. at home in their own patch, feeling like they turned a corner, and yeah, um, the I don't know if you saw the the final moment. I'm quite happy the try was given and it's a good story and a good moment, but I can't. I could understand if Leicester were slightly aggrieved because it didn't appear to be a clear and conclusive grounding that you could see, and the referee did not do a on on field decision before he went up to the TMO. Yeah, I was I was going to ask. So I've only seen the highlights of this, which was inconclusive as to what the referee said, but the referee did not give it, and then it was um, inconclusive to overturn. This was given on the TMO, is that right, Tim? Yes. Well, the referees had the ultimate decision, but the based on the TMO footage, the referee was happy enough to give the try, which I can understand if Leicester fans feel aggrieved by it. I mean, they should have put the game to bed and should have taken their chances. Um, and they had plenty of chances. And I think this is one of those, at this level, it was one of those where I was thinking, how many more times are Leicester going to go for the corner on a penalty and not get over the line where versus taking three points and um it's oh, 20 hindsight's 2020 isn't it but um it, it, in this sort of occasion and particularly when we get to knockouts and the, the I think I'm right in saying Phil that the number of points that are scored drops quite dramatically during the dropouts generally uh, during the knockouts yeah. generally and so taking three points um is quite important that said Leicester have got a home tie so Yes, they are. Yeah. And they'll be playing Edinburgh. Edinburgh, who had a nightmare. Well, did they? I think so. Let's talk about this one, because this is about game management and what you do. So Edinburgh got a good win against Saracens in the final game of the weekend. We've talked about the first, and I'll talk about the last game of the weekend. With four minutes to go, Saracens score. Ben Earl again, who's just awesome. He's so frightening when he runs. He's so... Well, yeah. You would not want to tackle him low. And I, I really enjoyed the way, I mean, you I don't, you can't see it explicitly, but you can sort of see the communication of when Maui get, get, gets the ball and Ben Earl is on the inside of him and that smart run to get on the outside and the constant communication to let him know, give me the ball, give me the ball, give me the ball. And then Maui's, is it, how is his name? Maui? Ironi Maui. Maui, yeah. Or Maui. Like his timing was spot on. Yeah, awesome. Absolutely spot on. Great. I, so, so that's so Edinburgh did really well, and they won the game. They beat Saracens, which doesn't happen often in Europe. And four minutes on the clock, they are six points up, which puts Edinburgh in a position where they will qualify for the for the knockouts. They will qualify in fifth position on point on tries scored. Mm-hmm. Their points difference was the same as Saracens. Therefore, um. They just needed an, another score, and go on, pick it up. Saying they had a nightmare. You were, you had a nightmare. Well, well you said Edinburgh. Oh right, sorry, sorry. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What are you talking about? Um, yeah. Well, it's a nightmare in, in terms of 
either the coaches didn't know what what was what was required. That's a nightmare. The coaches did know what was required, and they didn't tell the players. And that the players, if some of them knew that knew what was re- required, they didn't tell the scrum half, or not all of them did. So when when uh, P- Pergos kicked the ball out, he thought he was doing the right thing. Now, you know the end result. I think Edinburgh could go to Leicester. I think they could win. But the end result isn't a good one if half your team are thinking, "Yeah, let's go and score a try," and half of them are thinking, "Let's kick, let let's kick it out." In fact, actually, in a way, they probably got off a little bit lucky there because if half of them are attacking, attacking with the intent to score a try, and the others are not, that is that sounds like a recipe for absolute disaster at ruck time or you know, urgency to ruck or half of them are thinking of picking going. So, yeah, uh, wasn't the, wasn't a great way for Edinburgh the, to finish. The counterfactual is important. Is what would have what would Edinburgh's final position have been had had they wanged a pass, Saracens intercepted, and then they lost the game? Well, yeah, they could I, lose. Yeah. Well, I don't think it makes any difference because, as, as in, as in, I don't think they could have dropped down a position in the uh, table because so they were. Um, so if they lose that, yeah, they got a four-point win. If yeah. they lose that, they go from a four-point win to a one-point loss because they didn't have a bonus point, and Saracens could only, if they got a converted um, try, get one point ahead of them. They would have been level on league points with Harlequins, but they would have had significantly positive points difference. They would have been fifteen well. points up. Oh no! They wouldn't have had. Uh, well, no, they wouldn't same, have had. No, they would have had the same. Yeah, yeah. Point, but their same points difference wins. would have been better. Yeah, yeah, the points difference would have been better. So they could, and this is the interesting thing. But oh, I forgive yeah. them for it. They couldn't have dropped down a league point, league um, table point. But I'm not entirely sure they would have actually thought that far ahead and and thought that through at the start. Arguably, they should have done. Is, is, is it not uh, someone's job to have thought this? stuff through yes it is we talk about teams being prepared yeah yeah it it probably is um that that, that does change it it was it it was a shot to nothing they had they had literally there was no risk literally they had nothing to lose yeah there there was zero risk from them um trying it they could not drop down they could not get a worse situation um but they could have improved their situation and, and guaranteed a home um, last 16 place. Well, that, that is because it reminded me of the end of the New Zealand England game in this, in the sense that um, New Zealand had managed to pin England back a bit, and they thought, Do you know, what, we'll take 25 all because we don't want to risk losing it. There was something on the line for England there, as in a draw versus a loss. But equally, there was a win there. Potentially, this this yeah. this does shift it. There was nothing to be lost. But what? Because the context is that Saracens had just flown out of the blocks and clattered Edinburgh. To the point where you could go, oh, I can see a Saracens penalty coming here. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. but, I will say this about, um, but but yeah, so they should they should have known that they, in an ideal world they should have they really should have known someone should have known that, and I'm sure they'll learn yeah. from that and get whatever communication channels are necessary. And it's a little message to everyone else too. Yeah, I will say I thought Edinburgh was was superb. I, I thought they, they um, I thought they were the best team of the two by far. Pierre McSchumann was awesome, <sighs> wasn't he? Just <laughs> yeah. Um, whoever the n- number seven is, never heard of him. He he looked phenomenal, um, and it was only Saracens' like extra human efforts in the face of adversity which made this look respectable. 
because Saracens are still an amazing team. They weren't as good as Edinburgh, uh, Edinburgh today. Um, that, they had that stint in defence with 13 guys. That was amazing. You know, ben Earl trying to claw it back was amazing. But they were outclassed. And I think this is a real concern for Saracens. They're getting older. Billy doesn't look like he's as impactful as he used to be with the ball in hand in particular. And maybe, maybe he is, actually. But maybe just because I've got so... Fewer, so so many fewer options than they used to have to run the ball. He can he um, he can be targeted, so you know his effectiveness is start, starting to wane. They're lacking just that little bit of class at nine. Uh, Good is a great ten, but you know when everything is just starting to creak a bit and everyone's getting a bit older, Saracens have got some real issues on the horizon. I feel. And well, in England, maybe have a, an issue on the horizon because Jamie George went off with a with a head knock, so that's one to watch. As did Elliot Daly. Correct. So you look at those two and you're thinking, hmm, you know, I think Elliot, I mean, you know, look, Hooker goes down and find, find another one. There's not many other Elliot Daly's. That is a far bigger concern, particularly if you're going to have Farrell. Uh, Farrell Daly, 10, 10 15. Well, Sar- Saracens kind of have another Elliot Daly and Max Malins a little bit. Yeah, Ooh. he's cool, isn't he? He is cool. But he's off to Bristol. Yes. I, you know, no, I was thinking more for England in two weeks' time. Yeah. If I was, in fact, do you know what? If I was Saracens and... Bristol come knocking for Max Merlins. I think I'd go, you can't have him, but you can have a- Elliot Daly. You may as well get, you may as well do the Bill Belichick and get rid of a guy right at his prime who's 31 rather than get rid of Merlins. Because I think Bristol got a hell of a player there. Well, that's an argument. It's definitely an the, argument the, there. The, yeah, the, the interesting side of it is, um, well, I say interesting, but um, where we can compare and contrast to, say, football. And if you look at um, Liverpool, who've just got rid of um, their star striker, um, left-sided striker, who's just come to Bayern Munich, whose name is... Marnie. Marnie. Sadio Marnie. Yep. Um, they could sell him for value, whereas in rugby you don't get any value for trading players. Yeah. You almost never trade for money. So... That, that is a slight difference that makes it um, a bit more complicated. So you're almost you're almost incentivized to um, retain players until the end of their contracts, um, rather than let them go for value partway through the contract. So obviously, Maylands has come to the end of his contract, therefore time to let him go. Whereas it, it has a little bit more time on his. Yeah, he'll be in the elite Bristol crew, which is a nice place for any rugby player to, player to be. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the, the, you turn you turn left in the car park, not right. Oh, yeah. Oh, hang on. Well, I'll tell you what, let's, let's talk about one more game from the weekend before we uh, depart f- from non-Heineken Champions Cup, uh, the Lagen-Beardmore Bowl. Didn't see a second of it. Really? No. Nope. Oh, yes. It was good. Oh, yes. It was good. That atmosphere it, it, sounded great, didn't it, Phil? It's, I, I would love to be there. And I, I thought it was a really interesting game because... Um, Ulster have had not the best last four, five, six weeks. Um, and if you said they were weak to any one type of team, you'd say they're weak to a big pack, particularly late on, where Ulster have fired their shots and they're, they're kind of running on empty a little bit. And this was um, not entirely the reverse of that, but they, they scored their tries, they scored the winning tries late on. Um, when uh, historically they would have been tiring in the bigger pack 
the bigger, more physical pack would have been getting on top. And I, I thought it was um, I thought it was a very, very good all-round performance from Ulster to, sh- to not only shut down Sale, but to score some, well, to score uh, a couple of good tries early on and then win the arm wrestle late on, which is something they've really struggled to do, um, certainly recently. So I, I was really pleased to, to see it. And it, it meant they qualified ahead of Sale. Yeah. Sale go out. So Sale got to travel to Cardiff to play them in some 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 competition. Uh, I mean, I don't believe really that teams win and lose on a few missing players. Sale were missing um, a front row who knocked each other out a uh, week before last. Josh Beaumont, I've not seen him start a game. Oh for yeah, years. They, they only had um, they only had England's Bevan Rod. Starting at loose head, so yeah, really, really bad times. For, really bad times. <sighs> yeah, but Bevan Rod's a very particular prop, isn't he? He's not. A Come prop for, on, you can't. He's you, not a prop for all seasons. You can't be saying they. Oh, they were, they missed. They missing that. You had Bevan Rod up against uh, and James Harper up against Andrew Warwick and Joe Tumanger Allen. You go. That's all right. That's okay. Yeah, but Scotland International. You and Ashman at hooker. Yeah, I mean, it's not as if you only use one loose head or one tight head per game. You need two of them. Yeah, Ross Harrison. Ross Harrison's not not seen a rugby field for about a year. I, I mean, Joe um, Joe Jones, uh, lo- love the guy. I've not seen him on the sale bench for ages. In fact, he probably plays. I'd be surprised if his last game was like Doncaster. Or the something. bench is where this game was won. I, th- I reckon you'd surely agree, Phil. Six internationals came off it and took the game away from sale. Yeah, it, it was it was the last twenty minutes where this was on. It was an arm wrestle for most of the game, and that that's where that's why I'm most pleased because that is often the the area of the game that that it gets away from Ulster. Um, so it, it was it was very positive to see them win it, and the, and the um, the Vermeulen try after yeah. there was there was a couple of incidents late in the first half where uh, Ulster, I think either should have scored or actually did score, but it wasn't given. But to see it given late on um in the second half by Vermarlin was was quality. It was um it's a good win. Good good after after JB's other team, Benetton, got one over on my boys in the uh, most recent uh, the uh, the preceding Lagenbeer more ball. This was good to get a win. Mm. This like I don't like the format of the competition. I hope it is changed. I hope there are fewer teams However, I will say that the fact that Sale won their first game by battering Ulster and then haven't won since, and Ulster didn't win until this one, and Sale dropped down to the Challenge Cup, and Ulster sneak in and have the uh, the joy of facing Leinster. Do you know, I think this is such a dangerous game for Leinster. I think Ulster are ridiculously dangerous. Um, now, Leinster are heavy favourites, if there's a team that's going to find a chink, or more more likely, if there's a team that's going to throw it around a bit and really take it to Leinster, it'll be Ulster because they can score. Like their backs are really, so, really dangerous. So, so I agree. This this is probably, if you look at the the bottom half teams in both sides of the competition that Leinster could be playing, I think Ulster would be the one that they'd least like to play yeah. of the of the eight available teams. Um, I, I still think Leinster are heavy favourites, but I think Ulster have, have got a chance. I do. Um, they've got a chance. It, of, they've got a chance of playing really well and then valiantly, valiantly losing at the end. That, that is the most likely scenario whenever Ulster take the field, Tim. 
I agree with that. I agree. Yeah. Uh, did it, did either of you see the Leinster performance against the impeccably dressed Racing ninety two? No, they, they did look good, didn't they? I've got to say, Racing and Toulouse's stash is outstanding, isn't it? Isn't yeah, it just? both are amazing. And I, I've got to say, Christian Wade on the wing in that kit, which oh, is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, were they and, the all white one? Yeah, yeah, yeah the it's ultra It's light. exceptional. The collar, it's the collar on the Toulouse and the Racing kit. It's, it's so beautiful. You could imagine them popping a little tie and a blazer over the top of it, and it looking. Well, they great. did used to come out in blazers, so people come well, out in tracksuit tops. I'm sure Racing came out for a. It could be a playoff. It could be a league game. I'm, sure, I'm thinking it might even be the final. Actually. Just on that Toulouse, look, Jack Willis looks better in that Toulouse kit than he's ever looked in any kit. Yeah, he looks outstanding. It's in just it. it's something about the Toulouse kit, isn't it? I mean, the red one's good. The black one, though, the black one is to die for. I like the red my, one. My my favorite from the weekend. My favorite uh, player attire, player aesthetics from the weekend was uh, Christian Wade wearing that. Uh, yeah. Racing 92 kit yeah. so it's not is, Christian which, which is white well it's, it's white with a hint of grey like mm. just a faint hint of grey but then he um, accompanied it with white leggings as well yes he did and, or, and ordinarily I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of leggings but I, I think he just looked amazing so I think you're wrong incredible uh, unfortunately I think the best looking guy in that kit is Cameron Wockey I think Cameron Walkie looks absolutely well, phenomenal, rising in the air well, like a salmon to retrieve balls. Did you, what, what did you think of him looking like that this weekend? Then I don't know because I don't even know if he played. I didn't see the game. Well, he's he's out of the Six Nations, so. Uh, oh no! Did he get injured last, you, like last week? You you might have yeah you might have struggled to um, to see him this week. Yeah, no, I watched him in against. They wore it against Harlequins. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But who's, he's, who's, he's the, who's the Racing, like, um, not director of rugby, but he's like the... the no, he's director of rugby. No, further up the chain and uh, used to be, like, in, very much Cameron Wokey's in that mould. What's his name? Uh, no, kind oh, of. You know, what's the guy's Yannick name? Yannick Nianga. Yannick Nianga. That is a guy I would love to see in that Racing kit. Yes, quite. He yes. Would look at, he would I, look I think Yannick Nianga is actually director of rugby. Sure he is, and then they've got a head coach stretcher. Oh, okay, maybe he is. They've got like a, um, they've got that dream job stretcher. Do you know the one which um, thing he had at, at Gloucester? What's his name? David Humphreys. <laughs> so it goes like master of everything, but not carrying none of the yeah, yeah. none of it. So you've got a CEO ahead of you and all the commercial team, and then you've got David Humphreys, and then he's got an extremely you and Ackerman who apparently didn't do any coaching either. So then it's down to all the other coaches. That's the job. Um, the old Gary Gold job where you've got uh, <laughs> Toby Booth and bloody Mike Ford working for you. Now, now that's a coaching team. I was going. I was going to say is it a bit like the Gary Gold setup, which is, which is good. It's good um, getting your Malbec Malbec Sundays, Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays until you get fired. Yes, isn't it? Well, okay. Just going off the tangent. Are there any current? coaching super teams so i'd say that bath it was a super team saracens are always a super team yeah like they've always got the next great coach underneath mark mccall somewhere less so now but when they had gustard borthwick yeah yes. jesus is you know is it any surprise they, they were so good yeah and all perfectly legal they don't they don't need to be in the salary cap that's absolutely fine who else have leinster got besides leo cullen as the dor and big stew um oh they'll have 
They'll have loads. They'll have loads. If I can't remember, is is Contopomi still there? Yeah, yeah, he's one of them. So that's a bit of a yeah. That's, that's a bit of a pretty heavyweight. That's a pretty heavyweight. Well, one. Leicester, it was kind of sort of. It was under the radar super team: Borthwick, Sinfield, Wal- Waters or Walters, and Waters. Uh, yeah, and then Wiggy on Wiggy on top of it. So that wasn't too bad, but they're not. They weren't that established. Uh, Exeter are too internal, really, to call them anything like that. Uh, Pat Lamb would never let an outside influence in. He's, he's too much of a psychopath. Um, <laughs> who, yeah, that's, that's probably it. We, we're not we're not seeing a coaching super team for that. Oh, Harlequins are they a coaching co- a coaching coaching super team? Yeah, probably are. Adam Jones, Jerry Flannery, Nick Evans. Yeah, they are. Yeah, a hundred percent, they are. That's a good one. Tobias Matson. That's a great one. Tobias Matson uh, heading up. Who else? Who else is at uh, Montpellier? Because you've got Saint Andre there. He must have some intellect around him. Yes, because he doesn't coach. He just picks up the phone and recruits. Exactly. But they play terrible rugby. So who is it? Oh, <laughs> where's Teague? Rory Teague. Uh, he's at um... Racing. I think he's at Racing, yeah, with... No, no, who's... Uh, John O'Gibbs and Rory Teague are both... At oh, Claremont. Claremont, that's right. Ooh, well... Don't that uh, one. Jo- what John O'Gibbs, O'Gibbs was, it, was at Claremont, yeah. Oh, he's been fired? Exactly. Yeah, after last week's yeah. game oh. against Leicester. I bet he'll end up... Tell you what, I'd love to know who Lancer's new head, head coach will be. Because I they've got to be considering Dave, Dave Rennie. Well, Gregor Townsend was the one that was rumored, hotly rumoured last week. Gregor Townsend is one. Dan McFarland is another. Oof. And, yeah, Dave Rennie has got to be on the radar now. There's some big names out there who are available, should Leinster want them. I think Gregor Townsend would be a good fit. And people think of Gregor Townsend, the player, like this expansive, but actually he doesn't. He, his teams don't play like that. I don't didn't know. He, Did, didn't he, I'm not sure he was... His Scotland team's quite pragmatic. I'm not sure he'd make a great fit. But then... Mm, he seen, and the other issue is, I don't think Scotland have a ready-made replacement. Dave Rennie. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Dave Rennie's got Dave the Glasgow Re- connection. Dave Rennie to Scotland makes sense. The the thing about um, Leicester is, uh, it's almost like you can't be too big a name or too big a character. For Scotland? For, no, for Leicester. Oh, for Leicester. You have to be willing to come in and fit into their organisation, like the, the, the recruitment fellow they've got who's awesome, Wilksy. Yeah. And the, the whole you sort of have to come in and set, you're not going to have like a superstar name that's going to come in and bring a whole backroom team and bring his way of doing it and you're the main man like a Gatland sort of not, di- dictator. Yeah, you do that won't not be flying. You do not get that at Leicester. Hmm. Yeah, I think Leicester will stick with uh, Wiggy. Uh, I'd like to see Dan McFarlane go purely because his his stock the stock seems to be waning a little at Ulster and I, I think he's absolutely brilliant. So. I'd like to see Dan McFarlane in the Premiership. Oh, at Leicester. I, I agree. Sorry, I was talking Leinster. Oh, no, no, Leicester. No, so I was talking Leinster because, of course, Stu, uh, Stu Lancaster's off. Yeah. So they're going to need a, need a new head coach there. Well, so hang on. Hang on a minute. So were you just saying that Townsend might go to Leicester? Yes. I thought Townsend going to Leinster is what you were saying. No, no, Townsend to Leicester. Oh, right. Townsend to Leinster sounds more like than Townsend to Leicester. Do you know what I think? Hmm. I think Dan McFarlane would be a great fit. Um, yeah, I, I'd feel sad if he ends up losing, uh, uh, taking the bullet at Ulster because I think he's so good. But equally, maybe maybe 
that has run its course, Phil. What do you think? I, I don't think you should get the bullet. I, I've got massive, massive faith and respect in um, in McFarland. I think if anything happens, he's more likely to move elsewhere because I think someone else will see his talent and give him an opportunity to uh, do more with more resources. But I could be wrong because Ulster, ignoring this weekend's result, have been on the back of a horrendous, horrendous run. But that that is that is also on the back of a long period of time where I would argue that that um, overperforming, and he's also been interested next season, and they've, they've made some interesting signings for next season. I need to get this. Uh, um, yeah, no, they have. I was going to say I need. I've got, we've got some great emails. I need to get some. Um, I need to get this phone able to charge, and that is that is yours charging there, Jamie? Yeah, it is working. Yeah. Oh, it's just not. I'm just plugging the cable into my phone because it's fun. What is going on? You tried putting it in both ways. Way, way. Uh, well, just in case I lose it, let me read this one on Exeter, who finished second in their pool. Yep. Which Ooh. is no mean feat whatsoever. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Oh, we've got so many emails. You know what? I've not looked at the emails for ages. Wow. I, I leave that to you, Tim. Wow. So we answer the emails on... Oh, here we go. Christopher Johnston. Uh, contact edchasers at gmail.com. A few reflections on the... Well, he's 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 crossed out the ins and and just put outs at Exeter because there's a lot of players leaving. He says, one, it's a shame to see good players leave. Two, we're not used to regrettable losses and in recent years could only really point to two, Nick White and Thomas Francis. Thomas Francis for hitting rucks as much as holding up scrums. Yep. Uh, three... Other moves, uh, Waldrum leaving created space for Simmons. Parling leaving created space for Hill. Hill leaving created space for Jenkins, etc. Four, reasons for optimism. Firstly, Rob Baxter is involved and he has a plan. See the three above. And mm. look at those confirmed or rumoured recent departures uh, where they were signed from. Thomas Francis came from London Scottish. Sam Skinner came from Taunton Titans. Johnny Hill from Gloucester's second team. Harry Williams from Jersey. Tom O'Flaherty from Bridgend. He says, we're fifth in the league despite having no set piece and at home in the Heineken Cup knockouts after the least convincing 40-3 win you'll ever see. Who box kicks versus 12 men? If we don't, A, recruit a new tight head and B, uh, and and scrum half and B, tie our Welsh lads down to 10-year contracts and C, Josh Hodd signs, signs for Bath, you can ignore all of the above. I think he makes a great point. Oof. And we're talking about um, directors of rugby that Phil was just talking about, Dan McFarland. Rob Baxter is someone I will trust to overhaul and regenerate and come back again. And to have achieved what they've done in the in the Champions Cup and finish second in their pool and get a home tie against French team. Who have they got? Don't know because I have uh, not... I did have the... My phone's they've back. got Montpellier, Montpellier. Current French champions. Yes. They'll crush them. They they are rubbish. To get a home tie against Montpellier, that is a that that's a game I'd love to be at. Uh, mm, yes, that'd be a good game. Right, can I tell you about the game that I watched? It's far more interesting than this European nonsense. <laughs> Go on. Right, so I Go went on. to watch Cambridge versus Sale FC. So all the games yesterday were frozen off. You right, Tim? Yeah, I'm just trying to charge my phone. You carry on. Okay, I want. To, okay. Um, 
Looks like I've lost my charger now. I was going to charge my iPhone, but you know, you charge yours, mate. You make, you what know, percentage you make... is yours on, mate? Because mine's on two. Well, I wanted to charge my iPad. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> we'll discuss it off air. Uh, yeah. So, I've heard good things about Cambridge. I've heard good things because last year, they had the top try scorer in Nuts 1, I believe. Who was? Which position? Does anyone know? Uh, hooker. It is indeed Number. the hooker. And these oh. boys are massive. Absolutely massive. Um, sale were pretty good. Um, they didn't really get the rib of the green to- towards the end. But here's the interesting thing about what I was watching. Undoubtedly, the players are, are much bigger than the players that, that I play with. Fundamentally, what they were doing in open play was, well, exactly what we do, which is a pod of three, you either go forward or you pull it out the back. So another pod of three, you either go forward or pull it out the back. It feels to me that rugby is getting very stale in almost, well, in almost every level with, o- uh, with open play. Because I don't, I, I can't remember the last time I saw anything more unusual than a pod of three, which they play play out the back. So I think, I think you're right in terms of the um, principles, but I think the critical element is just how slick and quickly it's done yeah and well I'll give, I'll give you the example just just this weekend of if you watch that leinster versus racing 92 there was some of the leinster tries and it, it, admittedly it's late on where they, they really ran away with it um but the handling of their backs and the lines and the pace that they put on the ball was it was it was the same stuff you've seen before yeah it was done at a different level with um, the incisive handling and the incisive pace and angles, and it just made what is a very, very good Racing 92 team and defence look average at best. Well, I'll tell you what I thought was most interesting about watching this game, because you can talk about rugby in general now, is neither team really had a single line break the whole game, because they're playing the sort of same sort of patterns... They're both playing out of three out the back, and both the teams had a great defence. So no one was making any odds. The only th- difference, the only difference you need would to be low, need to lower the tackle height. That would have sorted out. Oh yeah, if, if only you base. It's like oh, oh, watching this game. It's like open play is something just to get through. Like it's not really that important. Let's just get through it and hope that the other team makes a mistake or that we don't make a mistake or someone wins a penalty. It's something to fill in the time between lineouts penalties and scrums where the real action happens and the other thing as well is because the attacking rugby in that one at least in this game have been completely taken away from both sides of open play their kicking game was really interesting so they're much more tactically astute than say um talk hr but that would make sense right because you know talk h when we move the ball against other teams and when they move the ball against us if they move it well they'll get line breaks so that's where you would practice because if you that's your best way to progress the ball that one, I don't think it. I don't think it is. But what you notice, so Tom Brady was playing, and obviously Tom Brady has had a career at Sale, at Leicester Tigers. He knows what it is to be a pro rugby player. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, Patriots. exactly. And what I loved, what I what I loved being able to do is watch him play, because when you watch the pros play, it's too loud. You can't really hear anything. You watch the amateurs play, and they're very quiet. Well, with Brady coming from the pros, and now he's playing at that one. Listening to him communicate with his kickers is fascinating. 
because he's telling them where he wants the ball, um, what type of kick he wants the ball, where like like where like whereabouts, how many guy uh, how many guys are back, and uh, he's not in. I think he'd openly admit he's been in better professional shape. But like just the way he talks is is phenomenal. So there's so much to learn from that one if you're a young player. You can actually watch these guys who've done it before at a high level and how they conduct their business. I thought it was absolutely fascinating. You've got two Nat One guys on the podcast with you. Well, you, that's you, you, true, you can ask, ask me and Phil whatever you want, whenever. Yeah, we'll, 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 give you, we'll give you some advice. That's very kind. That's very kind of you boys. <laughs> very kind. Yeah, so um, really, really good. But um, once Cambridge were ahead, their maul is frightening. When they get it going, it's frightening. They are huge. They're absolutely huge. The other thing which surprised me as well, actually, was the nut. I thought the boys would be better conditioned than they were. There were some um, heavy set lads wandering around. Let's put it that way. That's the politest way that I could, politest way that I could that 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 I could put well, it. Phil will know this even better than me because I I only played nat one, whereas Phil played championship as well and was at the top end of nat one. Um, and Phil knows that the, the one thing a type five forwards at level three and at level two are frightening beasts. They are. Uh, Cambridge Scrum is excellent. Phil, are you still there? I am, oh, yes. You you're, just, you're just having... Th- you got, I'm just imagining you with a thousand yards there thinking of some of the some of the props and mutant second rows you played against down the years. Well, I played against and played with. Um, I played with for a number of years uh, multiple league and Champions Cup winner Petrus Duplessis. Of course who who's currently um, in charge of the Australian national team scrum, Work, working with, um, unless he gets fired <laughs> before before he gets the opportunity, working with Eddie Jones, no less. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, there was... Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. There was some, there was some fa- fairly handy boys in the Type 5. And I, I, think, I think it's fair to say that um, the kind of Tier 2 and Tier 3 Type 5, there's no... There's no let up in size compared to the Premiership. If anything, there is a tiny bit of um, let up in explosivity. Um, but, but that's about it. it. But it's it, still a pond that the Premiership should and will go fishing in. Yeah. Well, yeah. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. There's this weird thing that happens in in higher level rugby before you get to the Premiership, right? So Premiership, they do have line breaks because, well, they do, right? Because they're very good. But like, say I've got this, this fly half called James Robbins. And you watch him play, and he is a phenomenal rugby player, like really skillful rugby player. And you watch him in this team, you think, you are wasted, right? And you're not the tool that you need for that one. The tool they need for that one, you'd probably be better off with somebody, I'm trying to think of the player, who can kick really far and defend really hard, but doesn't have any skills. Uh, 
You want that guy, right? That is the guy you want fly half from that one. Just like a, a brilliantly robotic, metronomic fly half. Yeah, maybe like a Damien Try. I mean, that's what we found Damien Try and also having a French international. I'm thinking more like Stephen Myler might be a good shout. Stephen Myler, yeah. But Just Stephen great, Myler. great kicking game. Also had some real skills and could he play did, fly. to be fair, yeah. He had some real... So I don't like saying that about Stephen Myler because he has real skills. Uh, oh, like the Nat 1 version of um, that David Screller. <laughs> like just about pass enough to you know pass you know to you know, look like a fly off, but ultimately just a big guy that kicks. But could he defend? You're you're, you're thinking of um, Kelly Haimoina. Kelly Haimoina, ideal. That's who we want. Yes, yes Phil. Yeah, the the Italian Kiwi, um, 115 kg fly half. That would be the perfect that one fly fly half. I mean, I'm looking at this guy with all the skills in the world, and he needs about 25 percent of his skill set. The rest of it is just pure grind, pure grind, 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 and kicking. That's the weird thing about um, that sort of level of rugby. I bet it's the same Sam, Sam Bedlow. If you want to take someone out of the Premiership, put him in there. Oh, he's got skills as well. But anyway, he regardless. And his brother's captain of um, Rosendale. Do you know that? Who's it? Is that right? He is. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, that was uh, that, that 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 was my summary of South Sea. But I tell you what, if um, what what, to, what how come you went down there to watch it? Everything else was frozen off. So I was on the way to watch Tarleton versus. Aspel, which is about an hour away in deeper darkest Lancashire. And then on the way there, I remembered that Sale are playing in Carrington. So Sale had to... I don't know how they managed to get Carrington up and running, but they did, in fairness. So it was moved from Hayward Road to Carrington. Isn't there heated pictures there? Maybe there is, actually. Yeah, maybe maybe is. That, that could be it. But um, it was ace. You know, it was really good. I, when, when I hang up my boots, if this law change happens... Oh, no, because they all have the law change as well, so I can't even watch FC. I have, to dr- I have to drive to Coldy, or, or watch Sharks every weekend. I don't want to do that. I Coldy got another win, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Oh, I don't know. I think Coldy had another win. Don't know is the answer. What was that last weekend? Tolson got got a win, which is bad for us because they'll be they'll be top, top of the table now. And allegedly they got it because Tolson sounds like a village. It is a village. You shouldn't be being the mighty Tok H if they are mighty at all. They are incredibly shouldn't be being mighty. beaten by a village. Well, we've not been beaten by a village, FYI. Uh, no, no, but they're a good team. Good, good team. But apparently they won this because last play of the game, referee gave them a penalty. They called for the scrum, and he said, yeah, scrum, but then they noticed that there's a sort of gap in the Aspel defence or whatnot. Tapped them, went, scored, scored a try. According, according to Aspel, last, last game, last play of the game. So. Uh, Coldy beat Nottingham. Wow. To, to go above Nottingham in the table. So where, where, are, they, where are they placed now? Eighth. Fair play. Yeah. London Scottish in the uh, in the in the basement. I mean, they shouldn't have let their they shouldn't have let a previous head coach no, go who's doing some great things at Richmond. So. Do you know who the head coach is now? Uh, no, Graham. Nope. No, is he gone as well? Uh, I don't know. Well, maybe he's part of the team. No, I don't no. know. It's Brian Redpath. Is that right? Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. So yeah, that was that was all the Northwest Rugby in the world. That that was G- it. JB. Did you see any other games in uh, the Champions Cup or or indeed Challenge Cup? Although I think that's far less likely. Uh, I saw a bit of Toulouse because I love watching Toulouse, and I thought Toulouse. If you're gonna watch a game of rugby, great game that you're gonna watch really Toulouse. Good. Yeah. Toulouse Munster was brilliant. What a classic matchup. 20, 20 points Ooh. to sixteen. Uh, that, now Munster are a team much like Ulster actually, Phil, that haven't been doing brilliantly, but I I think there's. When you look at the personnel, I think that Dan McFarlane's doing all right with what he's got with with Ulster and maybe has overachieved in previous years. 
And I'd I'd say the same with Graham Roundtree as well. Mm. I I think I think we've got to see with Roundtree. Um, obviously, your man who's gone to Bath um, led it in previous years, and arguably underachieved. And this this year has been a bit of a mixed bag in the URC, but it has. they're always they're always formidable in Europe. Partly because Tottenham Park is just such a an intimidating place to go to, and partly because they get um, one of the best, if not the best, traveling support wherever they go in Europe. Um, but they're, they're always, always difficult to play. And that, that means that they go... So they qualify... Um, hang on. I, I'm just looking at where who they're going to be playing. So lose a second, so they play the Bulls at home. Yeah. So Toulouse play the Bulls. Yeah. And Munster go to play... Um, you're right, Jay. <laughs> Jay's, Jay's off. He's like I. I make a big statement when I go to the loo. JB just snuck out, little tiptoed out. But JB's. He'll be back. JB's. He's gone. Yeah. So, so interestingly, interestingly, um, I'm I'm currently using um my four year old's tablet to to scroll through. I'm using my phone to record <laughs> and my four year old's tablet to scroll through through the results, which has forced me onto BBC now. Interestingly, um, the BBC has Munster's um, uh, March European Champions Cup um, uh, last sixteen game away at Sale. Oh, sorry, I thought you. Oh no, that's not. Well, that's definitely not right. Which is not right. No. And then I've just gone onto the league to see Munster in sixth position in Pool B. They go away to, to the play. Third position in Pool A, which is away to Sharks. So yeah. BBC have confused the two Sharks in the competition from um, Sale versus Durban. So instead of going to Sale, just oh, a, a short no. jump across the Irish Sea, they've Easy. got a, be a 15 hour flight. Oh, yeah. I mean, they should do better than that, but give them the benefit of the doubt on that. So, yeah. Monster yes. go to Sharks. They put up a good fight in Toulouse and. Um, they made him fight, and I would say of Toulouse and La Rochelle, they will be better come the knockout stages and as we get towards the money, the money weeks. But they weren't, they weren't brilliant. Neither side was was that great. Yeah, and both both are unbeaten, but they've not been. They up to now the only really convincing unbeaten. So there's three unbeaten teams: Toulouse, La Rochelle, and the one convincing unbeaten team oh, up yeah. to this point. Leinster. Leinster, Leinster I, are out on their... We, we, previously, in previous weeks, we've said it's three teams maybe in the in the top tier. Leinster are in a league of their own currently, based on what we based well, on the evidence we've seen. Leinster won't win this. They will not win they, this. Yeah, I, I think I agree. Um, but right now, they're miles ahead, just based on what we've seen. But it's about to get harder. And... If ever there's a um, flat track bullies um, statement to be made, so so Leinster they've conceded thirty four points in four games, um, which puts them by far the lowest points conceded. They've scored one hundred eighty four points, which puts them 
by 50 points or nearly 50 points, the most points scored in all the games. Their points difference is miles ahead of anyone else. They're 79 ahead of... Uh, positive 79 points ahead of the next nearest, which is more than double the next nearest. Yes. They're the only team to have um, got four bonus points wins. <laughs> they are, in all all aspects so far, they've been miles ahead. But when the rubber meets the road and they go, well, and they host um, one of the teams, one of the big teams, as happened in the URC last season, um, they could come unstuck. Although I, I do think, in my for my money, they are still the favourites. And um, the way they played this weekend was was excellent, was really, really good. But that doesn't mean they will win the whole thing. Yep, completely agree. Uh, maybe the best thing to happen to them will be Ireland losing or not doing too well in Six Nations uh, because mm. that'll be about the only time that these players suffer any kind of hardship. Mm. Um, JB and Tim, did you see any other games? Uh, well, I was at the Northampton game, which uh, I'm imagining because the Quinns-Sharks game was on the other channel. Um, I basically imagine, and, and also Northampton game was on ITV. I'm imagining, it was one of those where I was like, oh, I'm really glad to be here and I, I get to, you know, have a good old chat to Rog on the touchline. And so he I was like, no, no, nobody's watching this. He says some fairly controversial things about Northampton. Uh, he's, uh, Ronan Agara said he he wasn't very happy with their performance, La Rochelle. I think he had a point. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't very happy with their performance and, uh, you know, um, and when it, when, he was, when it was put to him that, oh, but it, you know, you handily beat Northampton he said yeah but Northampton aren't the top team I found the honesty refreshing yeah he says because he, he's right it's like what do you say he said to the lads something like we spoke about Northampton they used to be a top team uh, but they're not anymore and they're having some trouble and so are we or something like that was that more like it or, or actually did he say this to you no Oh, right, I was going to say, if you said it to you, maybe I'll just shut up and let you t- uh, tell me. No, 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 well, I didn't get access to Rog in an, what? In, in an official capacity. I had a chat to him. I was going to say, but you know, you're the most important guy there. Uh, well, no, he's, he wasn't obligated to do anything. In fact, there was there was a question mark over whether he was allowed to do anything because he's still serving his touchline ban. So, Oh, is he? Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. No idea. Yeah, that, that, that touchline ban has been incredibly strictly enforced. Yeah, hasn't it? <laughs> um, um, what was he banned for? Oh, I can't even remember the misdemeanors. Wasn't wasn't it abusing a um, yeah. like the fourth official? Yeah, yeah, that's not good. Ten week ban. It was. Can I tell you something ridiculous which which has happened in our club? Ridiculous. Our second team lost last week, and um, we're doing really well. Really good second team, but they lost. Somehow, <laughs> they've written a letter to the leagues complaining about the uh, complaining about the referee. Oh dear. Is that not the most ridiculous thing you've ever heard? I think there should be a law, That's... right, in rugby. You are only allowed to write a letter of complaint about the referee. When you win. If you win. Yeah. If you lose, you That's... can shut up. Like, uh, we, I think we lost like 34, 34, 33, something like that. Uh, would they write re- re- a letter if they missed the last conversion? Nope. Well, is it, I've, I, was, we, I had a little chat today um, with our... Rafi Quirks, Broughton Park under 15. So I was firstly disappointed that we weren't able to play Wilmslow because that would have been a really good, really good test. You'll, you'll have a, a reasonable replacement, right? No, we didn't manage to get any games. There's no games on. Like you said, Northwest. No oh, games. sorry. I thought you meant in the Cup for some reason. No, no, no. Lancashire, because well, Wilmslow are in Cheshire. 
Of course um, they are. But they're basically the best team in Cheshire. So are we, they? So we wanted to have a crack at the best team in Cheshire. Damn right you do. But we're in the quarterfinals of the Lancashire Cup. Or the lads are in the quarterfinals of the Lancashire Cup. Next Sunday, Vale... You should say I'm in the, in, in the quarterfinals of the Lancashire Cup. Uh, vale of Loon uh, away, which is Lancaster way, isn't it? It's like, it is. Well, it is Lancaster, yeah. It is Lancaster. They're a very handy team. Are they? I don't know much well, about them. They're full of Lanc- Lancaster grammar guys. Yeah, probably. So, um, do you know all this uh, controversy at the moment? No, so what, sorry, let me just finish. So what I was yeah, saying sure. to them today was just cementing it in their mind. It's like you've got a week to remember. This is a cup game. You, you're going to have a... Uh, it's going to be a home... It'll be... Because it always is. And you just accept it. I'm not complaining. You go... It, quite often you get home refs, cup games. You might feel like it's not going your way. You just have to get it in your mind right now. Get back 10, next job. Get back 10, next job. And I've wanted to give them a week's... Plant that seed in their mind. So when it comes to... If we lose 34-33... They're, they're not. Let's not have a chat about the ref in the clubhouse. Yeah, exactly right. It's all about the next job. It's all about the next job. Um, so Lancaster, so Vale Loon are good because they've got good links with uh, Lancaster Grammar School. So I was talking to one of the Lancaster Grammar teachers, who's also one of the coaches, and it's very pertinent because, of course, we're talking about basically the banning of the game, and one of the reasons is it's unsafe for kids, and yada yada yada. And I think there is a good point made. Well, not a good point. But there is certainly a conflict, isn't there, between making kids play rugby and, you know, all the dangers that ha- that rugby entails. And I'm sympathetic to that, actually. If a kid doesn't want to play rugby, they shouldn't play rugby. But there should also be some sort of expectation that they try rugby. And I don't know how you balance it, right, without being... Well, you know what I'm trying to say. So Lancaster Grammar, sort of to get around this problem, they are okay with saying, look, if you're... You know, they'll, they'll know if you don't fancy it, you don't have to play, but you are expected to try it. So in the first it's like year, eating Brussels sprouts at Christmas. Exactly right, exactly right. So the way that they divide up their rugby department because they've got quite a few good, good, good coaches is the best coach is the first team coach, but he's also the first coach that the kids meet when they're in when they're in first form to get them enthused about the game, and then they proceed through the other coaches. And I thought that's that's, that's quite a cool strategy. That so whoever the best coach is at the time or should I say, the majority of their coaching resource will go to the first first 15, but the boys have just started, also the boys have just just started from scratch. That's clever. Mm-hmm. I like okay. it. Isn't it? Isn't it? So um, we'll, we will be expecting to smash Vale Loon then. <laughs> and all those uppity grammar, uh, grammar well I was going to say you, you've created a little narrative there if it is the uh, not uppity not at all but it's basically grammar grammar school boys against comp- comprehensive imagine how much better grammar, they... sc- grammar school lads from uh, rural uh, Lancashire against um, comprehensive school ruffians from, city south, from from the city yeah exactly yeah. Is that, imagine imagine that how if, it... if I were doing like BT Sport yeah. broadcast that's the story there Ima- here come the ruffians yeah imagine Imagine how much better those Lancaster grammar kids think they are compared to, compared to your boys. <laughs> Ima- yeah, exactly. Imagine more studying for their eleven plus with do their private find, tutors. Do you ever find this um, uh, it, with Toc H? But I was actually, in retrospect, I was actually quite glad we didn't have a game because we've just had games week on week on week on week. But actually, the work you can do when you get an hour and a half chunk of time, the technical stuff you can get through is brilliant. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's great. Completely agree. Yeah, it's cool. Any more Heineken Cup stuff? Because I really don't want to talk about it anymore. Um, yeah, yeah. So, what, so, what, so La Rochelle were average, but more than good enough to beat Northampton, who were not great. 
uh, and I will just say, just on Northampton, I was, uh, I mean, in the back of their mind, they're like, a next job for them is the East Midlands derby, which is going to be an East Midlands derby without all the internationals. Well, all the internationals, particularly Courtney Laws, who was injured. Uh, yes, I, I did speak to Phil Dalson about that after the game, and he said it's only a tight, tight calf. Should, oh, really? Shouldn't be too serious. Yeah. Did you catch up with Courts? Uh, catch up with Courts uh, afterwards. I didn't see Courts afterwards. Oh. Uh, but yeah, so we're gonna have we're gonna have like one of the showpiece events of a Premiership season again, like much like last season where both were in international windows, in times when the internationals aren't playing. Which... Don't worry about it, mate. The game's over soon, so there's only seven games left. As uh, as Quinn Sharks, you saw a bit of that, didn't you, Phil? I did. I had a lovely um, couple of hours with uh, my youngest asleep on my chest watching this game. Um, it was a cracking game. The, f- the first half was dynamite from Lucano Am. Um, Scoring after two minutes, uh, a few minutes, yeah, 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 not long at all. Then Danny Kerr, so, Don Brandt, Murley, yeah. The other tries um, culminated by the f- the first half was culminated by the Ebenezer Beth try. Yeah, what happened? Which there? I, I don't know if you uh, JB have you seen this? Um, yeah, what happened is, um, well, the ball was deemed to be out, and Ebenezer Beth is deemed to be bound onto the ruck by you know, the full arm or whatnot. And he asks the question, is the ball out? The referee says, yes, it is. And off he goes, picks it up and scores. Yeah, because Joe Marler, who was in front <laughs> in front of the person with the ball, in front of where the ball was, uh, only had a didn't have a full arm bind, just was had one hand on the backside of the man in front. Therefore, he's not part of the ruck. Therefore, the ball is out. Exactly. Well, yeah, the, the, bit, the bit I'd add is, or the bit I'd um, correct is, Etzabeth didn't ask the ref. He just went for it. But he went for it full in the knowledge that this had happened like 10, 15 minutes earlier. And the ref had said, no, that's out because you're not bound properly. Yes. Um, the Quinn's player is not bound properly. So Elizabeth has seen something happen 15 minutes earlier, identified that the ref is not going to penalise it because the, the Quinn's player is not bound properly, seen that Marley is not bound properly and he wasn't. He was not bound up to the shoulder. He kind of rested a hand on the man in front of him. And so he just went for it and pinched the ball and then galloped in. It, it was about 40 metres yeah. that he galloped in. Got some and yeah, it was impressive. that saw, he saw a level of like um, intelligence from Etzebeth, but it also saw a level of stupidity from Quinns. Marla being one, Danny Kerr being the other who... Instead of he had an opportunity to either pick the ball up or tackle Exabeth, and he appealed to the referee oh, instead of doing things. So yeah, yeah, they they I I kinda think that is a great example to show kids. Play to the whistle. Like don't don't appeal to the referee. Play to, play to the whistle. And um, it also shows that, you know, when you when if you asked for someone to describe three words or just describe Eben Esbeth as a rugby player, it would all be about his size and his physicality and stuff. But he's clearly got a great rugby brain on him as well. And this, yeah. I remember in, in the games that JB, you and I used to play, Broughton Park Level 6, mm-hmm. when, when I when I stepped down to that level, a, a level <laughs> Phil wouldn't step down to because he didn't want to... He refused to step down to a level outside of the, the, the level 3. Uh, anyway... Uh, when I did, it used to happen a bunch of times where we would deliberately stand off at the line-out, not engage the drive, and then I would just run around and pick the ball out of the back, the back of their mall. And they used... The, 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 number, of, the number of scrum-offs that go wild and the refs just go, no, it's fine, carry on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Like knowing the laws, no knowing st- knowledge is power. Isn't it? Isn't it? I always like the one where they score tries because there's no offside line o- over the try line. So the ball comes out, you just, just nip it on and touch it down. Oh yeah, when the when the scrum half doing that thing, getting the ball back like a caterpillar and it yeah, gets yeah. to the line, you can just run in, there's no offside, it's, the ball's out. We, we won a game against Blackburn doing that, like one of the last plays of the game. Ball was oh, caterpillar out. Were they wild? Oh, yes. It was great win that. Still got relegated though, so you know, didn't matter that much. <laughs> Is that the year you threw your medal in the bush or not? Oh no, we we, we were doing all right that year. No, I should have found that so, found that medal last so, time I was up in Sedge. So the, the other the other thing to mention about this this game, um, not the amazing Nick David try or the very very good Harlequins win against a very good Sharks team, is the. Um, Weird, and it might have been mentioned in comms, but I had my sound right down. The weird facial hair of two of Harlequin's back three. I don't suppose either of you have noticed this, but um, Caden Murley and Nick David have the facial hair of a God. How to describe this? It's is, like is it's it like, like an Amish Quaker or something or something like that? No, no, no. no. It's like it's like a nineties. Uh, um, television magician has been asked to audition as the role of Satan in an upcoming <laughs> musical. <laughs> I, that that is precisely what both of them, they've got. Like this weird little, like sharp, pointy goatee thing, go, mustache goatee thing going like, on. Like um, the CrossFit of Bridges. You see, I, I don't, you see I don't know who that is. <laughs> Which, but, the, what? Sorry, the CrossFitter Bridges. I can't. I can't think no. of him. No. no, I'm just trying to look but, for a picture of Caden Murley and Nick David. So, are it's, you a fan of it? Um, for two for two handsome, muscular men in their early twenty, early to mid twenties, um, no, I'm not. I'm not. They should be. They should be doing much, much better. It, it, I can only imagine it's some kind of weird bet. It, it's not. It doesn't accentuate, accentuate their best features. Let's put it that way. Really? Oh dear. Oh dear. Well, yes. Good so spot. Phil. Next time you see Quins, look out for that. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure as they were. I'm sure as they're accelerating their Maseratis out of the stoop, they look fantastic. But like you can't turn um, up for your first like proper. You can't turn up for a Six Nations England camp if Caden Murley with with. Facial hair like that, and meet a load of your new teammates and your new head coach. That, that, he's going to shave before that, surely. No, go for it. Own it. It must be a bet. It must be a bet. That's one of the greatest descriptions. That's one of the greatest descriptions ever that you gave there, Phil. So, uh, in terms of the other games, uh, so yeah, that was that was a fantastic game. Uh, Leon beat the Bulls on Friday night. Whatever. Um, Bordeaux lost to uh, lost to beat Bordeaux away, which is an impressive win. Um, so yeah, but they're, they're both terrible, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, they're both not great, and Gloucester now get the the joy of La Rochelle going and losing in La Rochelle, which will be a fun weekend anyway. It'd be a great weekend. Uh, Leinster beat Racing, Exeter, um, Exeter. Yeah, just we talked about just generally. I didn't see the game. Chris Chunza is a, a force on the loose. I I really hope that Warren Gatlin uses him. I wonder how they'll use him. As a force in the loose, he's the real boy. He's the boy. He will def. He will definitely get used. He's too good not to be used. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see um, um, what position he plays for Dragons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In in this game, in this game, cast for a period of time had the 
uh, remarkable honour of playing entirely without a back row because they had a red card and two yellow cards and that was applied to six, seven and eight all wow. at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Montpellier managed to get themselves into the knockout stages with with a last second Cobus Reinach try against London Irish at home. So, but again, this is a, a kind of immaterial because of where this. Well, no, Montpellier could beat Exeter, but it's unlikely. So, the, where where this leaves us is, in terms of the fixtures for the quarterfinals, Leinster, far and away the best team, are playing against Ulster. Tricky. Um, we've got Exeter, who are home to Montpellier. Exeter should do that one. Uh, the Sharks. Now, are they uh, uh, South African teams playing in Europe for the knockout? Did I hear? Oh yeah. yeah. Mm, this, I I have heard something like this that there was an, a part of an agreement that if they play in the knockout, they have to host the games in Europe. But I don't actually know. So the Sharks will be hosting Munster somewhere. Uh, Saracens. Mm. We talked about their win. They host the Ospreys. That is. A hard one to call. That's the hardest to call so far. That sh- that should be a good game, though. Yeah. Well, M- Munster against the Sharks. That's that's hard. That's tough. As yeah, well. that's a good game. Well, it, I think I think there's I think La Rochelle Gloucester is that's going to be a walkover. Not yeah, not a walkover, but that that is home favourites. Heavy, heavy home favourites. Correct. I think most of the rest of them are good games. Yeah. So m- moving on with that, we've got um. Uh, what did I just say? Ospreys travel to Saracens. Yeah, you have got Leicester yeah. hosting Edinburgh, and I'm really glad with, yeah. the, with the way the the fact that the Saracens just got ahead of Edinburgh. The one thing that does do is it meant that there wasn't an all Premiership tie there, which there could have been. Uh, which yeah. I just I just Agreed. quite like. Uh, the Stormers are going to host Harlequins again. We'll see where that game will be played. Yeah, to lose. That's yeah. that's actually Tim. That that's that's an interesting point because. Um, obviously there's been some consternation of the South African teams playing in Europe. Um, probably rightly so, but uh, certainly this weekend when Quinns played the Sharks, it looked full. The, the stoop looked absolutely rammed and um, London is probably one of the uh, five biggest um, populations of South African residents on the planet. Correct. So um, it's getting a home attendances, big home attendances in Europe for South African teams is not that difficult to do. Yeah, fair. Hey, can I take us back to... Oh, sorry, uh... I'll, just, I'll just finish off the, the, the fixtures. We've got um, Quinns travelling to Stormers, like I say, Toulouse host the Bulls. That'll be easy, easy for them. Yeah, and, home win. And Gloucester goes to La Rochelle, like we say, who are going to get pumped. Yes. There we go. Claremont Claire sale Leon Racing to the Challenge Cup. I think there's some good fixtures there. I think I think a lot of those um, last 16 fixtures are still very much in the air to be decided. Depends on what happens on the day. Mm. Only three top 14 sides is maybe the surprise. Mm. but And... And every single one of the uh, ultimate fighting rugby championship Rainbow Cup teams, every single one qualified. Correct. Now, mm. can we go back to the tackling debate for one second? Yeah, sure. I don't know if you've seen this, uh, but there is a petition going around. Have you seen the petition? Have you signed the petition? 
Can't hurt not to. So yeah, I did. So I signed it. I think I was number like three hundred. There's one hundred and fifty thousand rugby players registered in England. Uh, there are sixty three thousand seven hundred and forty one signatures um, on this petition so far since Thursday. Wow, sixty three thousand. So when you're when your councilman says um, that's just your opinion, it's not just your opinion. There's sixty three thousand people that bothered to sign to sign a petition. Uh, just on that, Rob West, I, I forgot to go to any of the emails on the last podcast, which I we've had some fantastic ones. So just one here, for example, from Rob West, who was just pointing out that he said. Uh, I, um, given Tim's instincts around the tackle height law being related to an attempt to create an NFL type model, well, JB said something similar. Similar, like anyway, uh, spectator. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, as well as the seeming lack of transparency and representation of RFU members, I can't help thinking about who this would benefit most and would have the and who would have the potential influence to make it happen. CVC maybe have the motive and the means. Coincidence or conspiracy? Mm, I don't really see a CVC link in here. I mean. CBC are like the um, like the dog like the dog that didn't bark so far in in, um, in rugby. Uh, for all the supposed genius that they possess, they don't seem to be particularly smart or particularly active. So you know maybe maybe, but don't know. Uh, I I think CBC or I think CBC were completely unprepared for what rugby was bringing. Well, did, did we did we this week uh, see the first? Positive influence of CVC, not not the um, aforementioned the Cambridge uh, Incredible Mall. high tackle law. Sorry, sorry, Jimmy, go on again. The, the Cambridge Mall. No, go on. No, the announcement was it this week or last week that there's going to be a, an insider documentary into the 2024 Six Nations. Oh yeah, there was, wasn't there? So that that to me read. I might be putting two and two together, but that that read as a CVC thing. Yeah, I mean now, they have been looking to do this for ages, though, haven't they? Yeah, you, I mean, don't, you don't have to be CVC to say that's a that's a good idea. Yeah, that's a great. That is a great idea. I mean, we are Just ten years behind when we that. wanted to do this. They wanted to do it for like you know the NFL training camp um, documentaries. I mean, they must be they must be close to twenty years old now. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, but I, I think I think that is a, a very positive step. I think that'll be really if they if they do it in the right manner and they follow the right individuals, they follow Finn Russell after playing England on the first weekend, and then going out uh, round Edinburgh, going to Frankenstein's in Edinburgh, Oof. and having two bottles of Buckfast. That is that is what you want to see. It's dynamite, isn't it? Absolute dynamite. Exactly. I, I I want them to follow the French team. Yeah. I want to see the French team all smoking in the changing rooms and reading poetry. Sad, sadly, Wookiee won't be playing. No. Well, hang on. 2024 Six Nations, did you not say? Oh, sorry. Yes, fair point. Fair yeah. point. He'll be back. Wookiee will be back. He's essential. Yeah, yeah. And Wookiee having a, a couple of tabs and a couple of croissants mm. before the game. Delicious. Right. And then going um, smoking everyone. I'm just, uh, just. We've had so many great messages. I just want to uh, quickly touch on this one from um, from Trev Murley, who contacts us. Uh, he says, "I drove. Uh, this is the other day. 
he messaged uh, two days ago. I drove into work this morning listening to the emergency pod and felt the need to email in with thoughts. A little bit of background. Much much like others, growing up in rugby was front and centre of my life. I've represented my local team, the mighty St. Ostelar FC in Cornwall, mm. from under eights through to seniors. I moved away for a couple of years and stopped playing rugby. In 2020, due to COVID, we moved back and I thought I'd head back to Tregoric Park. Fast forward two years and I'm proud to be captain in the second 15, the Sinners, in our first season of league rugby. As it stands, our first 15, the Saints, are flying high in their league in level six. The Sinners are sitting third in our level eight league, while our third 15, the Spartans, have had a squad of 23 available, have a squad of 23 available for their fixture this weekend. So a lot of hard work has been done there at that club. Our club is a community club where any weekend you can either put on your boots with a bunch of mates for a run around or stand under the balcony with old boys and share a pint. Much like the discussion on the pod, I feel absolutely gutted by the news that broke surrounding the tackle height. My initial thought, trying to work out how this would work, is this the end of the choke tackle? Are we unable to rip the ball? That's a really good point. Yes, exactly. exactly. You can't rip the ball anymore. I reckon the tackle height should be dictated by the ball. You can't tackle above the ball. That's interesting. Well, you just yeah, hold the ball down by your bollocks. Well, yeah, if that's, if, that, if that's how you feel, feel ball security would be best served, you feel free. But if you're holding the ball yeah, high, I get to target the ball. I can't hit above the ball, but I can hit the ball. If you're, if you're particularly um, risk-loving, you just hold the ball on your head in front of your face. <laughs> yeah, you can't hit the head, but you, can hit, you, but you have to hit on the ball or below. Sol- solved. Yeah. Anyway, he goes I like on. It. Yeah, interested. Uh, he goes on and mentions lots more, but I just, um, I just thought it, there's so many community clubs that are getting in touch, and he, he says I should also mention uh, this comes against an, an emotional backdrop for the club this week. Today is the day. Two days ago, we bid farewell to Robert Guppy Pollard, an ex-club captain and man who represented everything good about rugby and our club. Seeing the Saints family pull together to remember him only amplifies the importance of this game in in our community. If ever you want a tour down in Cornwall, St. Austell would be more than happy to host. Ooh. Um, isn't, or Fowie isn't too far away if JB is looking for a berth. Oh, nice, nice. Somewhere to park your yacht. Uh, yeah. Uh, P.S. If you're wondering, my dad tells us we are in some way related to Caden Murley. Wow. Although no, my, this is big. Although my lack of pace, of pace and strength would argue against this. Well, if you can try and... Dig up someone in your family tree that can tell him to get that abomination off his face, Trev. Wait, wait, wait. Does it give? Did it? Does it give any indication what this fella does for a living? Pardon? Does it give any indication what this fella does 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 for a living? Down in Saint Austell, he's probably if he moved back during COVID, I bet he has a good job that he now does from home. <laughs> Stockbroker. <laughs> oh, <does it>? yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it's just because I you. Uh, Nick Hardy's mum's an author. We can also say Caden Murley's cousin's a stockbroker. <laughs> it just gives it, yeah. What do you do, Trev? Let us know so we can say that. Perfect. Um, Any other emails? Because I might. I tell, tell you what, the emergency pod has got such great feedback from so many people. Um, so many. Oh, this. So I feel bad for not having gone through these. It is uh, kind of your I job. Just, I, I just. I. Uh, um, Sam Butler. Uh, subject title: capital, all capital letters, letters, three exclamation mark. This boils my piss. Um, wondering about the comments regarding how young people consume content, the content they consume isn't going to change because the Prem or Championship isn't going to change. That's who they watch. It's not level seven old boy old Boyonians versus West Vesteros. The content will be the same. <laughs> That's a bollocks argument. This is you this is referring to you mentioning what David Flatman had said. Mm-hmm. In that yeah. So David Flatman's talking about 
or that maybe this needs to change because then it will change what they watch on TikTok. No, the top not... the top two divisions aren't going to change. No, that's not what I said. And what, what what did he say? What I said is they are consuming basically two types of highlights, which are the Marcus Smith things and then the massive hits. Yeah, but what's that got to do with the law change? Well, if they're going to then go and play, uh, say under eight, you know, under eighteens and under nineteens, then if they're if their intention is only to create massive shots, you might want to temp- you might want to temper that tem- temptation. Mm. Uh, m- my thought on on this is that I don't know I don't I don't know how much um, junior rugby any of the any of these experts and and uh, well when I say experts this is this is the one thing I've co- I've come to on this right when we just when we're just sitting here in a, in a in the rugby dungeon chatting shit about rugby. Um, we have we have opinions. We're, we're not experts. Well, I we're, am. we're fans. No, no, I'm a world class expert at amateur rugby. Wait, well, that's exactly what I yeah. was going to say. So we will have to at times defer to whether it's Flats, Jim Hamilton, Ugo, whoever, because they've played at the most elite level. They know things and understand the nuances of the game, and they're what they they can read it and are wired into it in a way that we might get a, we might approach that level, but we can never be at that level when it comes to amateur rugby if you added up the games that we've played between us at mm. various levels level three down the, the leagues affected we all coach or referee or are still involved in our clubs or go regularly to amateur clubs if you want if, when it comes to this particular subject we are the experts 100 100 um yeah i think it's great so you know one of the problems i had so one of the supporters of these regulation changes one of the few supporters would be someone like Ugamonia. Now, with the best best will in the world, Ugo Munya has not picked up a ball for what I can tell is his entire life without a lot of money ch- uh, ch- changing hands. Either him being paid, either him paying to go to a private school, or him being paid by Harlequins in England. He's never played a, ge- um, a, a game of amateur rugby. Yet he's willing to tell us exactly why it is that we should be subject to these changes. Well, no, but he's, he knows no, the any, anyone anyone who goes is entitled to tell us that. But what, what, and I'm not saying Ugo are is they? doing this. No, yes, they are entitled. Well, so hang on. They're, 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 entitled they're entitled to, to say that. What they're not entitled to do is say that your opinion is less valid yeah. or even equally valid. Because actually, you don't know what, the context, what I'm actually saying is on on this particular thing, you your opinion as someone who's still playing amateur rugby at level mm. six and is coaching in it and has played how many games of somewhere I reckon between well. Do I play 30 games a season? No, probably not that many. So it depends. I reckon it's between five to 600 games I've played. Right. Okay. That's not, that's not to say it's, it, it, it should be any sort of casting vote, but it deserves massive. It deserves to be respected when you're talking on this particular topic, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, I've, yeah I've played every week for yeah, 20 years. Please do continue to email contacthedchasers at gmail.com. Please do continue to just do something because this is our game. It's our sport and we, we get to decide what happens to it. And um, and all I would say is, yeah, I'm sorry I haven't gone through more emails. What I would say as well, patreon.com forward slash eggchasers. That's one where you can support us, keep the lights on and where you can hear, as we, as we will do very briefly. I'm going to do it tonight because I am done with podcasting tonight. I'm done with. I've been doing nothing but talking about rugby. Well, when are you going to do it then? Because you've already said on the other podcast you're going to do it. We will do it. We will do it. Well, let, let's let's finish off this one and, and have a chat about it. Right, let the boys play. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat 
rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.